0: We're talking about the Christian warfare because we are in war. Many Christians probably are not even aware that our warfare is real. It's much more real than any war you can ever find on the surface of the earth. Whether it's war in Afghanistan, war in Syria, war in Lebanon, war in Sudan, war in South Sudan, war in any part of the world the warfare of the believer the warfare of the Christian is much more real and we have to be equipped with the right knowledge especially in this month of June moving forward because I remember on the 31st of May 2020 the last Sunday of that month the Lord spoke through some of us that this month June is a hard month hard in the sense that God will bring execution of judgment upon the wicked. There's a difference between the wicked and the righteous. But when God is bringing judgments and executing judgment, chances are that those who are not equipped with the right knowledge of God's word can tremble in fear. They can they can they can as it were wonder whether they are also a part of that kind of judgment and may want want to, as it were, live in fear of the judgments of the Lord. But I want to bring a distinction between what God is going to do from this month onwards, and then, distinguishing the believer in his warfare from that which the world, the rest of the world, will be going through moving forward. And that is what the Lord put on my heart to say with you, There. Christian warfare. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Let me just show you where I picked my topic from. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. From verse 3 into 4 he says, for though we walk in the flesh we do not war according to the flesh. Now, quickly it tells you that we walk There is a warfare, and yet it is not according to the flesh. Verse 4 says that, for the weapons of our warfare, and take note of that phrase, the weapons of our warfare, meaning that the Christian has a warfare to engage in, to embark upon, and the Christian also has weapons with which he engages in this warfare or embarks upon this warfare. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. The King James says, through God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Amen. I'm not dwelling on these verses today because... We have spoken about them in time past. Maybe one day I can still do that as a teaching. But today, I brought this chapter to just make reference so that we can go into Ephesians chapter 6. I just wanted you to know that the Christian has war. He says that for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. In other words, our enemies are not physical. Our enemies are not human beings that you see around. The real enemy is a spirit being who we cannot see with our optical eyes and yet he is real. So how do we then fight an enemy that we cannot see? You see, the era we live in, we are living in an era where the world is plunged into a global pandemic and it is so strange to the world because they are dealing with an enemy that cannot be seen. But see, the believer from time immemorial has always been dealing with an unseen enemy, an invisible enemy. So to the child of God, COVID-19 and its infections all over the world should not be a surprise. Especially because um, we have the mastery, the experience of dealing with unseen enemies. Am I communicating to somebody? I'm trying to say that, yes, it is not strange to find the world planned into uh, warfare, A global warfare, which we call global pandemic. Dealing with an unseen enemy that has taken thousands and, of course, even millions of people already, globally. Yet, by the experience we have in Christ, I believe that no matter what comes against the church, the church is equipped with the right knowledge and with the right stuff to deal with every invisible enemy. Say amen to that. Glory be to God. Remember yesterday, during the Saturday prayer breakfast, we prayed for the nations of the world and the Lord put on my heart that we must pray for the church beginning from this month, June, onwards, so that the church would take its commanding, you know, height of authority and begin to lead the way, lead the world out of darkness into God's marvelous light. This is the best time for the church to shine Whilst darkness is getting gross and gross, we will shine as light in the midst of darkness. The thicker the darkness, the gross the darkness, the, the, the brighter our light will be. Hallelujah. So yes, we are dealing with an enemy that cannot be seen. Talking about casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself. How do we do these things? How do we do these things? Turn with me to Ephesians chapter and then you'll begin to see scripture enumerating the kind of enemies that we are dealing with. And such enemies, I can assure you from scripture, are the very entities that control all that the world, when I say the world, I'm talking about the people of the world are planted into, including the release of what the world calls COVID-19. They are forces that are behind every evil. There is no evil that happens by chance. Remember, Galatians 1.4 calls this world present evil world. It is not a righteous world. It's an evil world. And they are spirits, unseen enemies, invisible enemies that control the systems. And sometimes they can find human agents, human personalities that become their conduits, that become their vessels that become their ministers to administer their evil agenda just like god can use human beings and god of course uses human beings to administer his purposes here on earth so there is a battle and the battle line is already drawn but you will see executions yeah i'm saying you will see executions upon the wicked for the angel of destruction has been released one more time. The angel of death has been released one more time. Just like on the day when the Israelites, or the night before they exited Exodus. Exodus, 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 exited. what's the name? Uh, Egypt. When they had the Exodus, when they had to exit Egypt, an angel of death was released. I sense in the spirit that God is going to do something again, and you will see the wicked like the pharaohs of the land. Like the Herods of the land. Like the Nebuchadnezzar of the land. Like the people who are hard-hearted and, and stiff-necked and who have made themselves vessels of iniquity. You will see God's judgment. And when it happens, don't cry. What did I say? I said, when it happens, don't cry. All right. Ephesians chapter 6, let me take from verse 10. I'm going to share something with you that we usually... Gloss over. We don't take note of, but you you'll be amazed. Finally, my brethren, verse ten of Ephesians says, "Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might." The first question is, how do you become strong in the Lord and in the power of His might? Let's go on. Scripture answers Scripture. Verse eleven says, "Put on." So he's telling you how you can be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. He says, put on the whole armor of God. Other version says the full armor of God. In other words, be fully armed. Put on, not some of the armor, but the whole, the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles. That is the strategies, the devices, of the devil, yeah. That's to tell you that the devil has strategies. One of the strategies to capture men, souls, men and women all over the world to join him in hell and from hell to the everlasting fire is what is happening to the world presently. The manifestation and the oppression. and the and the, and the, what do you call it? The manipulation of the use of COVID nineteen. It is physical. To the physical man, but to the spiritual man, there is a spirit, certainly, there is a devil behind it, no doubt about it. For God is not the author of, of iniquity. Bible says that the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So, when you see what you see stealing and killing and destruction, know that there is a thief, there's an enemy behind it, an enemy has done this. Verse 12 says, For we do not wrestle. Now, that word wrestle here is synonymous with the word warfare we saw in Second Corinthians chapter 10. There is a wrestle. There is a warfare. To wrestle has to do with, you know, contending with an opponent. And to put the opponent down. Just like warfare. Warfare has to do with a fight between two forces. And you intend to defeat the opponent. So, we wrestle not, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. In case you are fighting a physical enemy, you are wasting your time. You are wasting your time. Deal with the spirit behind that enemy. And if God, by his mercy, says that enemy, glory be to God. But if that enemy has sold his soul to Satan and suffers the judgment of God, so be it. Have you seen the difference? There's an enemy. Who does not know that he's an enemy? Such enemies are spared. But there's an enemy who has sold his soul to Satan. At that level, even Jesus cannot save them. Yeah. So deal with the force behind that enemy. And God's will, his righteous will, will be made evident. Will be made manifest. Hallelujah. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. That's the first. Principalities has to do with first. Prince means first. The forces we deal with that control, the surface of the earth... Bible talks about the prince of the power of the air. This world is enveloped, the world that we live in, which is infested with COVID-19 beyond the, the invisible COVID-19 is an invisible enemy or entities of enemy and the first is called principalities. These are first in, the, in the, the prince of the power of the air. So you're talking about the heavenlies. Talking about from the earth to the heavens of course they cannot find any room in the third heavens where god dwells but from the earth to the to the first heavens which is the clouds okay and then to the second heavens which has to do with where we find the stars and the and and the moon and the sun i'm telling you from this earth through the air we have what the Bible calls principalities. Oftentimes, we dwell on such enemies and we fail to recognize that there is something more that we need to be more conscious of that would defeat such enemies. So I'm not going to dwell on all these forces, but just be aware that they are principalities. Okay? And then the second category or hierarchy of enemies, the Bible calls, it says that we... For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Then it say against powers. That is, authorities. They are authorities behind these principalities. They are authorities that execute evil. They are, these are the forces we wrestle against, child of God. Principalities, powers. Then it against the rulers of the darkness of this age the age that we live in is supposed to be bright with the gospel or brightened with the gospel of jesus christ but then we have also the 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 rulers that rule the darkness that control the darkness of this age that manipulate the darkness of this age don't forget that darkness whether physical or spiritual is certainly not good physical darkness is not pleasant at all likewise spiritual darkness is even worse and there is a spiritual darkness that seeks to engulf the earth and the people who live on the earth and there is an enemy behind it Bible calls him the wilds the strategies of the devil he has put in place hierarchies first principalities, second powers and then we have third rulers of the darkness of this age I see that was not enough Bible talks about against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places Spiritual hosts. in other words, they are the hosts, they they are the they are the, the ones in charge, they are the hosts, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I said, so We have the first heavens, which is the immediate atmosphere around the earth, and then we have the second heavens, thank God the third heavens, where our Almighty God dwells, where the first warfare ever took place when Satan. I'm talking about Lucifer, who deceived one-third of the angels, you know, and there was war between Michael and his angels. Two-thirds of the angels fought with one-third of the angels, Lucifer being the head of the one-third of the angels, and their place was not found, because they were booted out of heaven, the third heavens. So, as far as the third heavens is concerned, Satan doesn't have access there, he doesn't have any hierarchy there he doesn't have any roots there but he has structured himself around the the earth the earth is it seems to be the center of attraction because the best of god's creatures live on that surface talk, talk, talking about the earth i'm talking about human beings those who were created in the image and likeness of god and the object of god's love is centered on human beings And Satan says that, look, if you have booted me out of heaven, then I'm going to frustrate you. And how does he intend to frustrate God? He he intends to frustrate God by by attacking the object of God's love, which is humankind. Homo sapiens made in the image and likeness of God. That's Satan's strategy. He feels that the more he hurts man, the more he will hurt God. That is why God also sent his son in the likeness of human flesh who came and lived on the surface of the earth. 33 and a half years without sin he was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin and then he went to the cross the princes of this world didn't know this that God had a hidden agenda he had blood that was efficacious enough to wash the sin nature Jesus had that blood so when he shed his blood that became possible for humankind to be redeemed from the grip and from the dominion and the powers of hell and all satanic hosts so we have principalities powers Rulers of the darkness of this age, and then spiritual hosts, of wickedness in the heavenly places. Spiritual hosts. Just think about it. These are spiritual entities, but let's not dwell on that, child of God. Let's see the weapons of our warfare. And let's see the Christian warfare, how we can combat all such forces, regardless of how strong they may seem to, to I mean, they, they may seem to be. Verse 13 says, therefore, therefore, based on these hierarchies, don't go in your might, don't go in your strength. It's not by might, it's not by power, it's not by your physical ability. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. I said the whole armor of God has to do with the full armor of God. That you may be able to withstand, I like that word. That You may be able to what we stand in the evil day. Who will argue in the times that we live in that we are not living in an evil day? It's an evil day. Mind you, I said Galatians 1:4 calls this world present evil world. But obviously, a world that is infested with an invisible enemy, a virus that kills people in their hundreds, in their thousands, and have killed millions of people already, and still. The figures don't seem to be plateauing. It's still rising. It's an evil enemy. And we are in an evil day. But God is showing you and me that, hey, child of God, this may not refer to everybody in the world. I'm referring to the Christian. That is why I titled my message, The Christian Warfare. And at the end of my message, we will pray for every child of God worldwide. All right? He says, He says, Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. To withstand means to resist. To be able to, um, to, to be able to, uh, yeah, the word is resist. You may be able to withstand in the evil day. Then he said, and having done all to stand. In other words, you don't resist the enemy. Remember he said, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil and you will flee. You don't resist the enemy and after that you fall after having withstood the enemy, after having resisted the enemy, he wants to still stand. In other words, God wants to come for a church that has not fought the battle, the Christian warfare, and after that, they they, they are down. We still must stand victorious. We still must sing the victor's song. We still must rejoice in the fact that Regardless of whatever comes against us, we can withstand. What are the equipment? What are the armor? What are the things that God has put in place for you and me to be able to withstand principalities, withstand powers, withstand rulers of the darkness of this age, and then withstand spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places? Spiritual hosts of wickedness. Come on. What are the equipment? Let's go on. You see it. Very beautiful. Description and if a, of God, if a child of God will be conscious of this reality, will be conscious of the armory available to every child of God, we will finish Satan and put him where he belongs under our feet. Because that's where he belongs. The Bible says that, and the Lord God Almighty will bruise Satan shortly under your feet, meaning that his place is under our feet. We must keep him there, tame him until finally he is bruised. Can I say that again? As a Satan belongs under our feet don't give him any foothold. if you give him space he will misbehave he will be moving to and fro walking about destroying so you keep him under our feet we keep him under our feet until the lord god almighty bruises him finally under our feet so tame satan put him where he belongs don't give him any breathing space how do we do it we're gonna go we're gonna see it very soon verse 14 begins to tell us the armory the weapons of our warfare. He says, stand therefore, having gathered your waist. The King James says, your loins with truth. Now, from the verse 14 downwards, you will begin to see that God is showing us the picture of a military person or a soldier at war. And he uses the various equipment or armor that the soldier uses to describe the way we are to equip ourselves the pictures that are shown here shows us that every area of our lives must be covered they are weapons of defense and weapons of offense And all of them are needed. You don't have to be, many of us know how to use weapons of offense, which is the last one we will see. But they don't know any weapon of defense. In the evil day that we find ourselves in, you should be able to withstand. The first weapon, the first armor you must put on is the, the what? Put on your waist or having gathered your waist with truth. Scripture says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I know some verses say set you free. Setting you free is not as big and as deep as making you free. You can be set free and yet your mind is still not renewed. But to make you free means that you are changed from within. The transformation starts from within. And the first armory the child of God must equip himself with is the belt of truth. Put on your waist, on your loins, the belt of truth. In other words, truth will hold the whole armor. When a when soldier dresses, there's a top you know, dress and a down dress called trousers or whatever. is a belt that holds the two, um, the top and the down together. So if you're going to hold your life together in this evil day that we have found ourselves in, you've got to know the truth of God's word about you. About what, who God has made you to be. Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creator. All things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. You've got to know that truth for yourself. You've got to know the truth in Ephesians 1:3. that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. He's not going to. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. So if you are in Christ, that's the truth. You've got to know the truth in Second Peter chapter 1, for instance, which says that according as his divine power has given, he's not going to give, he has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these promises you become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. There's corrosion in this world. There's corrosion of COVID-19, but you can escape. He says you've got to know the truth, and you've got to equip yourself by putting on that belt of truth. If you are going to withstand and having done all stand, know the truth for yourself. That is why he says that search the scriptures, search the scriptures. He told Timothy, steady to show yourself approved unto God. A workman. That does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You've got to be able to separate God's truth from both the Old Testament and the New Testament for yourself. As far as the new man in Christ is concerned. Are you there? The belt of truth. I don't know which truth you equip yourself with. When you get up in the day, what do you tell yourself? Do you tell yourself that, hey, I don't know how the day is going to be like because I don't know. You've got to know the truth that says that his mercies are new every morning. So even if yesterday's mercy was not enough, you tell yourself today's mercy will speak for me. Today's mercy will be my advocate. Today's mercy will stand by me. I might not have been able to achieve yesterday's dream, but yesterday is gone. Today is here again and he's giving me freshness of his mercy. The joy of the Lord comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. You tell yourself these things. These are truths you equip yourself with if you're ever going to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. The next equipment, the next armory, armor you must put on, he says, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So we are talking about our protection here. First, there's a belt that holds you together it's called truth second there's a breastplate like those days when they used to go to armor they had to cover the the upper cavity you know your 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 you have the abdominal and then we have the thoracic cavity the thoracic cavity you know accommodates sensitive organs like the lungs like the heart and what have you and if you don't cover that area Chances are that if an arrow hits you in the chest, it can penetrate your lungs and deflate your lungs and make you go, you know, out of oxygen and that will cause your death. Or if it goes through your heart, that's it, you are gone. So there's a breastplate called righteousness. The Bible says the righteous is as bold as a lion. When you don't have knowledge about who you are in Christ Jesus, having to read in 2 Corinthians chapter chapter 5, verse 21, the Bible says, God has made Jesus to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, in him. So if you are in Christ, I'm talking about the Christian warfare. I'm not talking about everybody in the world. Sometimes we combine the two and think that we are all the same. Yes, we are all the same in terms of flesh and blood, but we are not ordinary. The child of God has something else, deeper, greater than the naked eye can see. You are called the righteousness of God. Didn't he tell us in Romans 8, 1? He says that there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life, verse 2 says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. You have become independent of the sin nature. That's righteousness. Righteousness has to do with being made right. So even if things have gone wrong, by virtue of the fact that you have been made right, you tell us that this day, as I'm going out, that which was made wrong is going to be made right because you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You've got to have this knowledge to be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Don't fall. We are in battle. We are in warfare. But we got the, We got the advantage the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. You chest out. You 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 square your shoulders. You chin up. I mean, you go with the confidence. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we have desired of him. That's righteousness talking here. He said, let us therefore come boldly. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's what righteousness does to our lives. Righteousness emboldens you even when you have messed up. I know some of us mess up. I know some of us keep falling and rising. But regardless of that, regardless of that, the knowledge of God's righteousness in you and who you have become this you the impetus, the drive, the energy, the willingness, the boldness to still go to God. You don't run away from God. You still get back to him because he knows you anyway. You, you don't behave like Adam. When Adam sinned and nursed up, he covered himself and his wife with leaves as if the leaves could cover the sins and God wouldn't see what they had done. So God came in the cool of the day as usual for fellowship and he cried out Adam, where are you? But that question, you know, was not as God looking for Adam as much as the fact that he knew there was a disconnection. When you are disconnected because of sin, child of God, he says, if we confess our sins, when you have messed up, learn to say, Lord, I am sorry. When you have messed up with a brother or a sister, tell him, okay, Bible says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. You may be healed. Learn to say, I am sorry. Tell your father, I'm sorry. Tell that brother, tell that sister, I am sorry. I confess that I did wrong. I didn't do right. I messed up. God is not ashamed to receive you. He says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful. Come on. Asherica. I like that phrase when I hear God is faithful. He is faithful and just. The word just means righteous. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us not from some of the unrighteousness but from all unrighteousness. So even when you have messed up as a child of God, go back to your father because you are still the righteousness of God anyway. It's just because sin has come in and Satan wants to take advantage and put guilt on your mind. Meanwhile, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. So quickly wash, wash yourself and run back to God and, and, and hold on to the breastplate of righteousness. Other than that, Satan will take advantage and hit your, your chest with an arrow. And that can quench your zeal for God. That can dampen your soul. There are some people who mess up and have refused to forgive themselves. That's pride. That's arrogance. That is self-righteousness. Trying to impress God with what? Was it not while we were still so sinners that Christ died for us? Our righteousness is like filthy rags. So if we did right, it's not because of your ability. It's because God made us right anyway. He has made us right. We have become the righteousness of God. So we do not boast in our righteousness. We do not query others because they are doing wrong. We just know that it's by grace that we are saved through faith. He made us right. Cover your chest with a breastplate of righteousness. You've got to be able to walk into this world and do what you must do. Don't wait till COVID-19 is eliminated from the air before you will now begin to do what you are supposed to do. You will wait till Jesus comes. Because COVID-19 may not leave the world anyway. From, From being pandemic, it becomes endemic. Meaning that we're going to live with it. So if you don't learn how to withstand in the evil day you will fall but I pray you will not fall we stand in the evil day and having done or we'll stand are you dead child of God I'm talking about the Christian warfare the next weapon or armor we are supposed to put on is verse 15 and having shot your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace this is where a lot of us fail Many times we forget that we are here for a purpose. First, he's spoken about belt, right? The soldier puts on belt. It is called the belt of truth. Second, he's spoken about the breastplate of righteousness. You've got to cover yourself with righteousness. Your, 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 your chest area, your, your thoracic cavity, the upper cavity, where all the important organs are, are buried. You know, you've got to cover yourself with that righteousness so that you can chest out and be bold as a lion. Number three, is telling us a put on shoes. It's called the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. Just like soldiers wear their boots. Soldiers' boots is heavy and yet they can march everywhere with it. Even when they see a snake, they are not even going to look for any, any gun or whatever. But they can walk on that snake because they know their shoes are heavy and can deal with any enemy. Have you been stamped on your neck with a soldier's boot before? Not just by the way, put on, he says, and having shot your feet, not just one foot, but your feet with the preparation. In other words, be prepared. Always be prepared, child of God, to defend the gospel. One day, God taught me something, and I said, Wow, I didn't know. I didn't know this one. God taught me something. He said, Nobody has been called in the body. I mean, all of us who are in the body of Christ there is not a single person okay, who has been called to defend another person in the body, never because the only person who knows me and knows you is God Almighty, that's why we call him the righteous judge if you are defending a human being and you can defend a human being to the extent that you even want to shed blood you may have the shock of your life When God opens the pages and opens some books to let you know that it's not like that. Men look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So, whilst I was dealing with that experience, then one day I was reading the book of Romans. And I chanced upon Paul saying that he has been called in defense of the gospel. I said, wow. So, nobody has been called to defend any human being. Rather, we are called to defend the gospel you must be prepared to defend the gospel they ask you what is the proof that jesus christ died and rose again were you there defend the gospel the knowledge of the truth of the gospel you know you must be prepared put on that shoes every time you are ready many of us are not ready at all we are in our offices and things take us on our way and we stand aloof as if we are part of the world we are in that office for a reason so that you'll be ready to preach the gospel Whether by word or by your deed. That's why I preach a message called be a witness. Your life can be a witness. Your mannerism can be a witness. Your behavior can be a witness. He said you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. So we can be a witness. Not only with what we preach. But with what we also do. Child of God you must be prepared. You must have the consciousness that, hey, I am not here because of my selfish ambition. I'm not here to build mansions and houses and acquire property and, and own whatever. Yes, it's good to do all those things. But in the, at the back of your mind, you just know that all these things are opportunities for you to be prepared with the shoes of preparation of the gospel of peace. It's called the gospel of peace. The, the peace the world has been looking for, it is found in the gospel. Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew and then to the Gentile. The gospel it can bring peace. Oh, I pray that we will understand and appreciate the simplicity of the gospel and preach it wherever we find ourselves and not be ashamed. Because that's the only good news. Look at the world; infested with all manner of news, every day news. If it's not about politics, it's about racism. If it's not about racism, it's about nepotism. If it's not about nepotism, it's about tribalism. If it's not about tribalism, it's about it's about COVID-19. The world is infested with all manner of evil news, and Satan controls that agenda. The spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places, the rulers of the darkness of this age, they propound and project such news, and they put fear in the house of men And through that fear, they cut the way to enter and to kill and to steal and to destroy. But the only news, come on, the only news. The only news among all the news items called the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of peace. You child of God must be prepared. Put on when you are dressing up in the day and then you are wearing your shoe. I say, I'm putting on the shoes of the vibration of the gospel of peace. As I go out there, I am a witness. Let my life speak to somebody. Let my life let somebody know that there is hope in christ jesus and if you are living in an environment where they say no preaching here no problem your life can still preach when they were stoning Stephen, the first martyr in christ the bible says that his face shone like an angel and they looked upon him and saw that wow this one looks like an angel I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that your countenance will radiate the presence of God that without you talking they will ask are you a pastor? are you a man of God? are you a woman of God? because they can sense the presence of God be prepared to to preach the gospel okay be prepared, it's the gospel of peace Jesus said peace I live with you he left the gospel with us my peace I give to you not as the world gives the world is doing everything to give peace There are those who even went for peacekeeping mission. They are supposed to come back home because of COVID-19. They can't come back home. Their their families are left behind here. And they are locked up in other nations. That's not true peace. Because that brings uncertainty to the rest of the family. Are you safe? Every day, are you safe? Is everything okay? I hope you're okay. (laughs) Oh my God. It's not funny. If you have found yourself in such a situation, it's not funny. When your husband is locked up in the nation and you are with the children and he's supposed to come back home but because of COVID-19, all borders are locked. No flight. We are not living in in good times, though. This is what the Bible calls evil day. And you must be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So he's showing us, we have the belt of truth. We have the breastplate of righteousness. We have the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. Number four. All right. Number four, verse 16 says, above all. Oh. In other words, when you have put on your belt, and then you have put on your breastplates, and then you have put on your shoes, there is something that you must, you must take above all. Never forget that one. It is called above all, verse 16, Taking the shield of faith. Hey. I can use the whole day and the whole month to preach on the shield of faith. Because the just, the righteous shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Not by sensory perception. We don't walk with our physical senses. You must have the safe sense. The safe sense is called the sense of faith. 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 Sees the invisible. Faith, faith in God. I'm talking about faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and his finished work. It sees the invisible. By faith, Bible says we understand that the worlds, that is the universe, were framed by the word of God. So that the things which we see were not made of things which do appear. Think about it. It doesn't make sense to the natural man to live by faith. But faith in God's word is a shield. He says above all, taking the shield of faith how do you use the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench do you want to be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one satan has been throwing his arrows some people the moment they start coughing hey hey the way I'm coughing is it covid 19 ah ba is it the first time we started coughing I said, is it the first time you started coughing that then, because of COVID-19, the moment you start coughing, the moment you start sneezing. Now, formerly when we sneeze, say, hey, nkwa, now, when, people, <laughs> when they say sneeze, people start scattering. What are you talking about? Hey, babe, what kind of world are we living in? It's an evil world. It's an evil world. But with your faith, you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts. You know fiery darts? He's talking about arrows that carry fire satan has been throwing his arrows that is what second corinthians chapter 10 actually describes that um the weapons of our warfare are not canal but mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds such arrows can come and build strongholds in people's minds casting down imaginations it will build imaginations and high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of god what are some of the high things? They can tell you that, look, you, you can, you can lay hands on the sick and everything will be healed. But as for COVID-19, you cannot lay your hands. And if you get, lay hands, you will get COVID-19. What are you talking about? I am not saying we should break governmental rules and policies to go about laying hands. I know that India, in the, in the effort for us to regard that, we are told that don't stretch hands, don't lay hands, no crowd dancing and all that. that. We will obey. We will obey. But that does not overrule. and. In, and make null and void God's word that you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We don't lose anything, it's the people who are sick who lose if we don't lay hands. We don't lose anything because we can still speak the word of faith anyway. But don't tell me that um, um, there is something that is above what people have been doing all this while, not knowing you are, you are fake. You are fake because if you can heal, they say, Why don't you go and heal people who have COVID 19? These are things that have exalted themselves against the knowledge of God. And we have got to use the word of God to cast them down. And if you're a child of God talking like that, shame on you because, because you are lining up with the world, you are making yourself an enemy of Christ, talking like the world. Mocking Christ And you don't know that Christ Is on his agenda to execute judgment Don't be, don't make yourself an object of judgment Because he's going to execute judgment All those who have mocked Christ And have ridiculed Christ And have ridiculed the church And have called us names Watch it You will see God's judgment In this month of June Moving forward The next half of this year is terrible You have no idea what I'm talking about I said, we must pray because the Nessah beginning from this June onwards. It is terrible. You have no idea. Because you will see the distinction between the righteous and the unrighteous. So don't join them to say that, eh, if you say that you can lay hands on the sick. And if you say that you can heal, do I heal COVID-19. It is called exalting, heightening that has exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And then said bringing into captivity, effort to the obedience of Christ. These are arrows that are thrown on the mind of the believer. But the shield of faith can quench all these fiery darts. You've got to walk by faith. You've got to live by faith. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. If you are the one who is always listening to every news. Apart from the good news you will kill your faith because the things you hear are quenching your faith and your zeal in God. Today you hear that there's flood. Hundreds of people are drowned. Say, where I live is a flood prone area. What if where you live because you live there, flood cannot take place in that place even if there's torrential rain i say saying that therefore we should be negligent And allow flood to come No, we must do the right things We must be able to dislodge our gutters And allow free flow of water But in the midst of that There's so much evil Satan takes advantage of everything Every natural element And does his spiritual wickedness With those natural elements And we who are children of God must Stay awake and be alert And not join the people of the world Who mock the church Take the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts. All the wicked arrows of the enemy. Take the shield of faith. Let God's word be the things that you are hearing always. Keep gospel messages, gospel songs. Things that will build your faith. edify your faith around you always. Choose what you hear. Don't let if you're even in a, in, a, in a public transport and they're playing whatever, that will pump fear. You can close your ears with a, 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 a earpiece or a headphone or Bluetooth, whatever that must make you feed your spirit. Do it. It's your personal responsibility. Nobody will do it for you. Nobody will do it for you. Don't hear everything. We live in a world where everything can pump fear. But you must tell us I've heard it, but I haven't heard it. You're not denying it. But you are saying that even though I've heard it, it doesn't concern me. For a thousand will fall up my side; That's how faith talks. And ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. Only with my eyes shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked. Not the reward of everybody, but the wicked. And you will see it beginning from this man, June. I'm telling you. Mark my words. I said, just mark my words. You will see the reward of the wicked beginning from this man, June. God is wild. I said, God is wild. And we must be wild also. God is wild. He will not take the nonsense any longer. Yeah. The cup is full. He said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Say as the Lord. Vengeance is mine. Yo. carabas. Verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation. So we have built... We have breastplates. We have shoes. We have a shield. And then there's a helmet. Helmet covers the head. And all the things that are within the head. You see, when you look at the chest, for instance, within the chest is a bone called sternum. Okay? sternum covers all the vital organs within the thoracic cavity. But it's not enough. All God is saying is that don't depend on your sternum, your, that bone over there, It will break in the time of war. So you better put on the breastplate of righteousness. Likewise, the the head has cranium. That's the the bone that covers the brain. The whole of the brain is covered with cranium. So it's beautiful. But it's not enough in the time of war. You still have to put on a helmet. It's called the helmet of salvation. What does that mean? You've got to have the assurance, double sure, that you are saved and are still working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Don't say, once I'm saved, I'm forever saved. There's nothing like that. You've got to be able to know the salvation package. Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? What a salvation to be redeemed from sin and all the consequences of sin. So not just being saved from sin, but being saved from poverty, saved from sickness, disease, infirmity, saved from death. Eternal death, I mean. That's salvation. Put it on. When you are walking with a helmet on you, look at motor riders. When they have helmets, they are confident. Even when there's a crash, they know they are safe. I have seen a motorbike crash where the, the rider wasn't having a helmet and his head splitted into two like watermelon. That was crashed on the ground. Everything was just dashed into pieces. So if you don't cover your head with that helmet of salvation, Satan will blow your mind. That's why some people get mad. That's why some people go insane. They become mentally disordered. Why? Because they don't put on the helmet of salvation. They are not assured of their salvation. And they don't assure themselves of their salvation. They don't work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. They neglect their salvation. How shall we escape? If we neglect so great a salvation. Don't abandon your salvation. Don't put it somewhere just because. You have to please a boss somewhere or please a neighbor somewhere or please a landlord somewhere if you are safe you are safe and you must put on that badge your your helmet every time you're going out let everybody in the neighborhood know that you you are different from them you are saved yes you are safe let it smell on you helmet is the first thing you see when you see um, a motor rider or even an uh, an army person in war you see it covering their head that's 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 what it's supposed to be let them see your salvation let them know that you are saved don't be ashamed glory be to God the helmet of salvation and then oh shout about us the one that we are acquainted with and we use often. But we don't know that all these armor I've mentioned, they are for our protection. If you'll be able to withstand, it's not just the one that you will use to fight alone, but also the one that you use to protect yourself. So God gave us an armor, both for defense and for offense. All that I've mentioned, the belt of truth, The breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, they are all for our protection. But look at the one that is for our offense. He says, and the sword, verse 17, the second line says, and the sword of the spirit. I know some versions put spirit capital S. So some people believe that it's the sword of the Holy Spirit no, no a capital no I like studying scripture not just read scripture what we have just read let's put all the verses in context was anything descriptive of the Holy Spirit, no he's talking about the believer so how come all the armor describes the believer and when it comes to the sword then we say it's the sword of the Holy Spirit it doesn't gel, God, God is not a Confucianist so the translators are those who made that error nonetheless we should know better because we have the benefit of the hindsight that the description has to do with the believer so it is the sword of the recreated spirit the born again spirit don't you know your spirit is born again you're saved you're a new creator you're a brand new man the signature is washed away you have the life of God in you. You have the nature of God in you. Righteousness. And above all, if you have received the Holy Spirit, he also dwells in your spirit. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. And out of your spirit there is something called rima. The word sword sword has to do with the edge of a weapon. The word sword there, okay? And that's to do with your mouth. Our mouth, stomah. The Greek word is stoma Is the edge Of a weapon. he's showing us a weapon of offense. He says. And take the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the spirit. Which is the rima. The word word there is rima. Which is the rima of God. Which is the spoken word of God. In other words. There is a place for our tongue. The right use of our tongue. The right use of our mouth. In our spiritual warfare. In the Christian warfare. If you shut your mouth. You will shut your destiny. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it shall eat the fruit thereof. God is saying that in the midst of the evil, still sow. Have you forgotten about Isaac? The Bible says he lived in the land of Philistine. I mean, the, amongst the Philistines. And there was famine in the land. Nobody had food. But Isaac sowed in the land. And in that same year, he reaped a hundredfold. God is telling you and me that in the midst of COVID-19, in the midst of the present evil world, um, evil world you can still use your tongue to chart your course. Your, your tongue is a steering wheel of your life. Some of us are bad drivers of our lives. We drive forward and then we drive backwards by the wrong use of our tongue. Today we are speaking faith. Tomorrow we are speaking fear. You won't go anywhere. You'll be marking time be consistent if you have a journey you are traveling from Accra to Tamale and then you get to Kumasi and you start driving backwards, back to nsawam and then you now hit um, what do you call it? Kasua and then from Kasua you now turn back you are now going back to where you going don't you have a, def- a defined route that, that will take you to Tamale Some of us drive forward with our tongue, and the next day we drive backwards with our tongue. Because when we are in the midst of fear, in the midst of uncertainty, we behave like 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 um, Peter, who kept his gaze on Jesus walking on water. Look, we can walk on water. We can walk in the midst of the storms. Yes, we can ride the storms. But if you take your gaze off Jesus and you start looking at the storms, how things are going, the trend. Some of us watch. Things that are trending, you go to the social media trending news. They are the other things that excite you, they don't mean anything. Child of God, they don't mean anything to God. Don't live by trending news. Live by the Word of God. Every day you are checking Twitter. Eh, what is the trending news? Instagram, what is the trending news? What, what is your problem? Is somebody called us to live by? They just shall live by faith. You may wonder why I'm talking this way. You watch and see what is going to happen in this world not only in ghana but you see executions of judgment and god god wants us to be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand that's why i'm talking like a military so a military man today i didn't come to pamper anybody i came to tell you that we are in war and you must be able to withstand and having done all stand yo. the hammer of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the reamer of god learn to talk god's word learn to talk god's word learn to talk god's word let it be on your lips that's what colossians three sixteen says let the word of christ dwell in you richly you've got to be rich in god's word nobody will do it for you you've got to be able to study to show yourself approved unto god A weak man that has no need to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Know the truth for yourself. For you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The rima comes from the truth that you know. And it's the truth that you know that makes you free. And can free others also. The sword. is not a physical sword. It's, it's greater and bigger than any armor that you can ever use. Sometimes you find some people praying and say, that I use God's ballistic missile, and I use God's uh, 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 chemical bomb, and I use God's uh, nuclear bomb. All those are gymnastics. I'm telling you, they are gymnastics because it doesn't nullify anything, it still does, it, it doesn't spell God's word. Why don't you rather know God's word and speak forth the word? And see angels implement your word rather than talking about nuclear bomb and whatever. What are you talking about? (laughs) You. We must grow up because the time is short and his coming is so near. We can no longer continue to behave like babies. We are not babes. Pardon. I step on your toes because today i didn't come to pamper anybody i didn't come here as a pastor i came here as a warrior Yo. okay verse 18 climaxes. i mean uh, summarizes everything into 19. praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit Two meanings of the phrase in the spirit. One, it means to pray in tongues. Number two, it means that your prayer must not be in the flesh. Some people pray in the flesh. They, they, they reduce the battle from the spiritual realm into the fleshy realm. The physical realm. They can even draw their enemy on paper. And write a name. And surround with some candles. And say, e, Jansun, e, Jansun, oh, these are all fleshy and carnal behavior. You are, you, are, you are fighting the wrong enemy if you are doing that, repent, okay when you take human beings names and you say you're going to pray and kill the person, who, who gave you that audacity who, who even assigned you to do that kind of work and don't let anybody with wish or a witchcraft manipulate your prayer life and push you into the flesh to misbehave with your prayer, that is why faith works by love if love does not govern your faith, you will misbehave with your faith and mess up with your faith and sometimes can even hurt your own self you praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit i won't dwell on speaking in tongues or praying in tongues because that is my that's my my life and i've talked about that all all life all life long not even all year long all life long but today i'm not dwelling on that I'm dwelling on praying in the spirit, praying aright, praying according to the, 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 the revelation of the spirit, not according to the revelation of man. Some people have all kinds of formula that when you have a dream and you see that a dog is chasing you, it means this, so it means do this and do that. These are all gymnastics. Why don't you hear, you can also see a dog in, the, in, the, in your dream and it can mean another thing. Why don't you go to God and find out what God is saying at every given moment. Don't draw a formula. Don't have a prayer chart and say that this is how it is. Whenever you see this, I like David for one thing. David, there was a time, the enemy surrounded him, okay? His land. And he went to God. God, shall I? Should I go after them? Will I overtake them? Will I recover? Blah, blah, blah. And God said, go after them. Go this way. Do it that way. You will get a result. And David did it and it was perfect, another time, not long after that, the same enemies came again, the same posture, the same David could have been presumptuous to say that the other time, when the enemy came, and I went I got a result, so I don't need to consult God, but David was, was smarter, he went back to God and said, should I pursue them, will I overtake the same questions, and God said, don't pursue them, rather do it this other way, what am I saying? Don't take for granted that God gave you an interpretation of a dream, of a revelation that this is how you're supposed to go about it. So every day, that becomes your formula. You were entertaining witchcraft. You must learn to go back to God. He is the captain of the host of the armies of Israel. Go back to God in communion and find out from him. I saw the same thing, but this time around God, what are you saying? Don't draw a formula. And whenever you see a snake in your dream, it means this then what would have happened to you when God told Moses to to carve a snake on the pole that anybody that looks on that snake you know will be healed we would have said this is witchcraft we are worshipping snake that's what you would have have interpreted it to mean that we are worshipping snake but that was symbolic of the curse Jesus Christ who became the curse on the cross that anybody who looks up to him will get salvation so, don't form a formula. Live in the spirit. That's why you must know the word of God and have communion with the Holy Ghost. And he will show you whatever God is telling you at any given time. That you don't have a book that says that whenever you see blue in your dream, it means that this, God can be communicating something else, out of God. All right, let me rest my case on that. Praying always without prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. That is why I said yesterday that we're going to pray for all the saints. Apostle Paul said in verse 19, and for me. Remember, Apostle Paul is not around. So you can do that for me, the one talking to you. And you can do that for your pastor. In case you are not a member of International Prayer Resort Ministries. But I'm talking about the one who speaks over your life. He says, And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. you you got to learn to pray for those, those of us who speak over your lives. Okay. There are times where the enemy can use every means just to shut your mouth so that you will not have the boldness and the confidence to talk. So learn to pray for your pastor. Learn to pray for those who speak over your life. It's not every time they are in the, you know, in the mood to speak boldly like I've done today. It's not every time. I believe somebody prayed for me. That's why I'm speaking the way I'm speaking. So learn to pray for some of us. Pray for your pastor in case you have a pastor who speaks over your life. But it says... Praying always without prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end, without perseverance and supplication for all the saints. That's where we're going to end today's message. For all the saints. We're going to do that. Pray for all the saints. Not only in Ghana. Not only in IPR ministries but all over the world. We must arise, shine for our light has come. There's a turning point. I hear in the spirit yesterday I said it during the Saturday prayer before there is a turning point. And this turning point will redefine our path and distinguish us from the rest of the world. As you see judgment upon the world, know that it's time to arise. It's time to wake up. It's time to arise. Shine for your light has come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.